as a kid, I was the annoying one that would run around flaunting my greatness, or at least what I thought made me great. Like this one time when I was six years old and someone tripped me at the boys and girls club one afternoon and I hit my head on the corner of the bleachers and had to get stitches. That entire time when we had to call the ambulance, when my mom showed up freaking out, when I accidentally looked at my hand, which, you know, we had been using to apply pressure to my wound, I had one tear. Just one. And I didn't let that go for about 10 years. Whenever someone said I was strong or bold, I would bring up that moment. Well, this one time I had to get stitches on my hairline, and you know, I only cried one single tear. So trust me, I know. I probably brought up that moment so many times that my parents were like, ugh, we get it, and decided to buy me a set of pink camouflage pajamas for my 10th birthday that said strong in big letters across my shirt as a way of getting me to shut the fuck up. But that only added to it. I would run up to my little brother every time I wore them, which, you know, it's like every night, and say, Mom and Dad got this for me because I'm the strong one. Remember when I had to get stitches? Where's your scar, huh? So, <laughs> you know, I never truly needed to be reminded that I was strong. Ever. Until this trip. Until I was alone in the middle of an isolated border town where my only company was my grief. That was a burden I wasn't ready to carry. Maybe I wasn't that strong. Hi, I'm Sam Sabin, and this is Good Grief, a show about reconnecting with the past and my attempts to make up for lost time. If this is your first time tuning in, stop. Please pause right now and start at episode one. This is a serialized show, so, you know, it's really important. This is episode three, Strong. The stress of traveling alone and having to confront my complicated feelings about my native identity, my family dynamic, and even still the fact that I had to sleuth around for the answers to who my father was, was all starting to weigh on me. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah, it's cool. It's just, it's only a list of names. So it's not really... I don't know. Well, what else are you trying to, like, figure out? Oh, girl. <laughs> Other than just a random list of names? <laughs> um, I felt this heavy burden throughout the trip. My father wasn't just shady with me about his own life, but he was shady with my mom, with my grandma and obviously with my little brother. No one knew anything about where he came from. Even when he figured it out, he couldn't be bothered to tell us. So it hurt to have to carry this burden for my family. At the end of the day, I still had to be the one who put together the pieces of what he left behind. Not my mom, not my brother, but me. And that's a heavy burden to carry when you're only 21. And it was hard to escape that 
when I was alone in Aquasesne. Oh, so you get crazy yet? What? <laughs> you get crazy. You get crazy being by yourself yet or no? Not really. Okay, that's good. What? <laughs> Throughout the trip, I found myself visiting the state park in Lake between Messina, where my motel was, and Aquasesne, more often than I was actually visiting the reservation. I had come to Aquasesne to try and find out more about my native ancestry at first, but that was starting to feel so wrong and incomplete. Something just felt really wrong in my gut about being in Aquasesne. I was grateful and I was happy I had made the trip, but still just, it felt weird and I couldn't put my finger on it. So on the days when I was most upset and confused, I would sit here and try to figure out what to do with my day, even if it ended up being nothing. Before I left on my trip, my creative writing professor, who had just finished a book on Aquasesne and the St. Regis Mohawk tribe, gave me a list of people who I should reach out to, ranging from tribal elders to historians. In my confusion and anxiety, that list gave me a concrete goal. At least on days when I questioned why I was at the reservation, I could try and connect with the people on this list. So after I applied for tribal membership and talked to Sue, I decided to try and learn more about the community rather than hide out in my little corner by the river. That list included Carol Ross, a 72-year-old Mohawk language instructor, and she's the one who finally made me feel comfortable in my native identity, even when I wasn't quite sure if that was what I was looking for. Sam, this is Carol, Carol Ross. I have been in the parking lot here at Walmart in Malone because I lost my car keys. I'm sitting in the hot car um, waiting for someone to turn in the keys. This is Carol. Anyway, I'm so sorry. Uh, the, the appointment did last quite a while. Anyway, I'm so sorry. I picked up, I stopped in to pick up one thing. Before we met, we played phone tag for way longer than two grown adults who know how to work a cell phone should. But to be honest, I loved getting her voicemails. They were the most endearing things. Which is why I was so surprised that when I first met her, I made the mistake every novice radio producer makes at least once. I forgot to hit record. Naively, I thought she just wanted me to stop by her office and set up a time to meet the next day. Thought I'd be in and out in less than 30 seconds. But little did I know, Carol was a storyteller too. After I met her, I, naturally, sat in my car and tried to make up for the fact that I didn't record shit. Hello world. It is... Uh, Monday, 
June 27th. I'm currently pulling out of the tribal building. Um, just, I go there all the time apparently. And I just met Carol and she's the sweetest lady I've ever met. And she just really loves to, and like, I don't know, in a very classic, like, um, kind of, I don't want to say old lady, um, but she is an old lady, old lady way of just like talking about her entire life and being able to recall random trips and talking about her family. And it was just really lovely to be there for like an hour, um, trying to set up what will be like my day with Carol tomorrow. Um, and so tomorrow I'm touring the res with her and it's going to be really great. She's going to take me to the Canadian side and I have my passport on me. Um, we were set to meet at 9 a.m. the next day, which, when I'm at my healthiest, is not a problem. But when I'm at my most depressed and overwhelmed, which we all know I was, that was problematic. Even the sleeping pills I took at 10 p.m. that night couldn't help me to fall asleep. But somehow, I got myself up, ate some toast, and drove down to the tribal building at 9 a.m. to meet Carol. We would start at Snai, one of the neighborhoods that straddles the Canadian border, and just drive around. Okay, where should we start? Um, I think we'll go... I'll, we'll just go. Okay. <laughs> I'll just go one. So how far and where have you been so far, like, around? So I've been to the tribal building. I've been mostly, like, up and down 37. Okay. okay. Um, and then I went to Mass on Sunday. So I've been down. Did you go to Mass? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Oh, in St. Regis? Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. Yep. That's cool you found St. Regis, but I'll yeah. How did you do that? Did you ask someone or did you ask? Well, I think... Stephanie told me. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, she gave me like a little like overview like, because, of the place yeah, before I got here. I showed her too. Yeah. When she was here. I showed her around. We're still on the American side. Okay. And this is Cook Road. Oh, Ohnihonso is the Mohawk word, but they have it spelled wrong. They say it wrong too, but um, that's because so few people speak Mohawk anymore. Probably 23,000, 24,000 population of, of this reserve and taking a guess, they said we have maybe 400 speakers. Wow. That's not a good ratio. So. And most of the Mohawk speakers live here in the side. Okay. Okay, here is the border. This is okay. where all the problem starts, right? Somebody came along and said that there should be no border, and they took down the marker that was right here. <laughs> and I could not believe the hassle. It, it's just, and then if you lived here you can get to know and maybe at every place is like that I really doubt it though because I don't know there's so many different yeah <laughs> I'm like picking up on <laughs> yes you, 
and like the complications of exactly. it all. Yep. Yep. Like this is the American side. Yep. This is Hogansburg, which is now called Akwazasne. Yep. Um, yeah, that took a long time, uh, and it's still. Yeah, um, it like still comes up on maps as exactly, Hogansburg, and it's very, exactly. I'm just like, okay. I said, what if I just do Akwazasne slash Hogansburg? But even that, I should be Hogansburg slash Akwazasne, uh -huh. you know. Then we'd visit her daughter, who works at one of the assisted living homes in Sny. So are you loving your time here? I am. I am. I leave tomorrow. Yeah. Wow. So, it's like a good way to cap it off. <laughs> it's cool. Well, you're with the best of the best. She knows, every, <laughs> she knows everything. She knows everyone. She's, she knows all of the history. Did you give her a Mohawk name yet? You didn't ask me for one. <laughs> I didn't realize I could ask for one. <laughs> well, you can't give yourself one. Right. We'll give her one. Well, I have to think on it. Okay. All right. What's your middle name? Uh, my middle name is Marie. Marie. No, it's too easy. I want like, a real Mohawk name. Oh. Not all names can be translated. Yeah. Like Marie, Mary, where that's Wally. But like, I'm talking about a real name. You, you spent time with her, so now you can give her a name. I can think of she's awesome. <laughs> Impressive, strong, intelligent. Okay. Go along those lines. Okay. Strong. Okay. okay, I'll think something. Okay, All right. talk to you later. Then we would circle back and drive through the main strip of the reservation and cross over to Cornwall Island. But an important note. To get there, we would need our passports. Yep, that's the deal. We, and even everybody that lives on the island, if they go over the Canadian side, they have to go and report. They have to do this thing, what that we're doing. Okay. See, Cornwall Island is on the St. Lawrence River, between the land masses of New York and Ontario. But technically, Cornwall Island is in Ontario. So to get there, you have to go through Border Patrol. First, you take a bridge from New York to Cornwall Island. Then, instead of turning wherever you need to go or meeting a Border Patrol officer there to check your credentials, etc., you have to drive through Cornwall Island, cross another bridge, and land in Cornwall, Ontario go through Border Patrol, then turn around, cross that same second bridge, and then go to wherever you're heading. I know, it's a mess. And everyone who lives on Cornwall Island 
goes through this every time they want to go home. Some days, it's a 15-minute detour. Others, it's two hours. Now, we were in St. Regis, which is Quebec. Then we went to Sny, which is Quebec. They don't have to come all the way over here, but people on the island do. And they let us have these cards so that we don't have to pay that $3.50 or $3 every time we go back across. Yeah. Can you imagine how much that would be if you had to? But they insist and they have cameras all over and they used to, if you don't come and do this and they catch you, they seize the car and it used to be that MCA would pay the $1,000 fine. But then they stopped. It was about maybe not quite a year ago. But then my my brother, who lives on the island with his wife, um, as they call it, they just bought another junkie car <laughs> that they would use to come across here and use a good one to go on the other side. So they call it getaway car. <laughs> Hi. Thank you. in New York for me. North Carolina for her. <laughs> Visiting. Yeah. How do you guys know each other? We are, we just met. Yeah. Just like today? No. <laughs> Over the phone and email and all that. Yeah, and I'm she's visiting. here visiting and I'm showing her around. She's a student of one of my former students. And she just graduated from the University of North Carolina. Been here before, Samantha? Uh, where? Here in Canada. Uh, no, I haven't. That's a new password and everything. First time. Yep. <laughs> so, where are you guys headed today? Just around. I'm just showing her all around the res and, and here and how stupid it is that we have to come here and report <laughs> and then go back to where we live. So, yeah. Um, anyway, that's just how it is. Yeah, that's the government. <laughs> uh, so, how long are you going to be in New York before you go back to Carolina? Tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow. Yeah. How are you getting back? I'm driving. Yeah, I took my car. Them? Yeah, my car's in uh, New York still. Okay. Uh, are you to the today? No. You can see how it, it's such a. It's so hard to come and visit my brother. Yeah. Because I have to go over a report and then come here. From there, we would visit Carol's brother and then grab lunch with them at the diner on the U.S. side of the border. Towards the end, we would stop at the longhouses, one of the few places on my checklist that I hadn't been able to find yet. It's not like I could type longhouse in the Google Maps and find it that way. A local needed to show me. 
It was tucked behind a small house on the small strip of two-lane highway that stretched across the reservation. Sunday 9 a.m. That means strawberry festival, Sunday at 9. This is the lawn house. Okay. It's just a big old long building where they have the meetings. Okay. And they dance. But along the way, I found a part of my native identity. See, every time I drove through Aquasesni alone, I didn't know what to make of it. On my right is a church. All right. Down there is another smoke shop. Cool. And back there is a neighborhood with a collection of small homes and mansions. Pretty interesting. I struggled to feel any sort of connection, though. I felt like I was intruding and like this wasn't a place where I should be. Until Carol. I'm just thinking about... Okay. Yeah, yeah, Satsuta. That's it. Yeah, Satsuta is your name. She is strong. <laughs> I like I'll, it. I'll spell it for you. She is strong. I am strong. She is strong. I am strong. <laughs> yeah, such step. Say it. Yeah, such step. Okay, wait. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 This means a glottal. Okay. Let's just stop the sound here. Yeah, yes. such step. Two step. glottals. Two miles, okay. Yep, yeah, such step. Yep, yeah, such step. <laughs> oh, yeah, such step. Yep, yeah, such. Oh, wait, what's that middle sound? Shut. Yep, yeah, such. Such. Yep, such. Driving around the reservation on my last day, I was vibrant. I wouldn't stop talking, whether it was about the good in the trip or the bad or the confusing. I found myself trying to sort out all of my feelings with myself for the first time. I had a Mohawk name that was dope. I had met some pretty awesome tribal elders. That was amazing. I still couldn't tell you why my father left. That, that was confusing. This trip, it felt like I was memorializing him or honoring his memory in some weird, positive way. I trekked out here to connect with him the only way I could find. His family didn't know who I was. My mom didn't really want to talk about him. But these people in Aquasesni... They didn't have much information outside of a random family tree. This trip was supposed to answer my questions, but instead it left me with more questions than ever. Why did my father leave us? Why did he never turn back? Who the hell is he? To get those answers though, I needed to go to the source. I needed to go to my mom. Good Grief is an independent production by me, Sam Sabin. Editing help for this episode comes from Lydia Thompson and Rachel Wolf. 
theme music by Indian Wells, other music in this episode by Poddington Bear. This podcast is funded partially by the UNC Creative Writing Program and the Bolch family. Special thanks to my family for letting me record them and my friends for putting up with my anxieties and being my greatest editors. On the next episode... Do you want to know the real story? Okay, let's go. It's go time. Do you want us to know? Yeah, I think you should know so that you can stop delving into who he was. Mom sets the record straight. If you enjoyed listening, please subscribe. The button is right there. You can find Good Grief on iTunes and wherever else you listen to podcasts. You can also find this podcast and more episode extras at goodgriefpodcast.com. Be sure to like the show on Facebook and follow it on Twitter. Just search Good Grief Podcast. I promise it will show up. Thanks for listening.